0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings. And yes, I am wearing my hot pink Paxtonia pink puppy coach's shirt. We have a game tonight. Game day. Get fired up. I wear my jersey all day long. I am excited. But you can only see it if you go over to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL Or check out any of the various social media clips at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. So fired up for today's guest. We didn't have him last year. I think we had him a couple years ago. But I know we've had episodes where it was one of the most popular episodes we've done. And that is Michael North. He's the VP of broadcast, planning, and scheduling for the NFL. The schedule came out last night. Cannot wait to pick Michael's brain. We'll do that momentarily. But first, it's the last show of the week, although you can always listen to Even Money or Fantasy Feast or College Draft or Business of Sports the next three days. But it's the last one we're producing this week. So I got some winners to give out. I want winners. I want people that want to win. The Spread the Word winner was awesome this week. Andrew Allen. It was a quote tweet of Monday's show with Bears head coach Matt Nagy, where Andrew Allen said, please hold while I listen to this one. I like that, Andrew. Hit me up with an email, ross at rosstucker.com. You know what to do. Let me know if you want to sign card or press pass or picture, whatever you want. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Bill Moyer. He got some Raycon earbuds. More on Raycon earbuds a little bit later in the show. The best earbuds. And then the YouTube shout out. David Martirano. David not only subscribed to the YouTube page and commented, he made it very clear he wanted that Jags-Eagles press pass. So I like a man, David, that knows what he wants and comes out with it and asks for it. Which, by the way, is what I did with Michael North. I wanted Michael North from the NFL the day after the schedule came out. We got him. This will be the best interview Today or tomorrow across the entire sports media landscape, no pressure Michael, it's big show time. The big show. Did you hear that intro, Mike? Are you ready for this?
1: Yeah, no pressure, man. Holy cow. All right, I'll do my best.
0: Uh, I I'm telling you, man, the first time you came on, gosh, it's probably like 6 7 years ago now at this point. People were blown away. I think a lot of people just didn't really understand everything that went into going ahead and producing the NFL schedule. I want to start with something a little different this year, Mike. And that, what, what would you say is your guys' mission statement? Because I know that fans think you're out to get their team and blah, blah, blah. I often try to say, look, they're just trying to get the best ratings possible in the parameters that keep the games as competitive and and fair, and balanced as possible. Do you guys have like a mission statement or anything?
1: Yeah, look, you said it. Um, You know, if I could distill it down into one sentence, it's probably just what you said. Deliver, you know, the best games to the biggest television windows. Deliver ratings and revenues to our network partners while, you know, uh, placing as little team pain on our clubs as possible. You know, you referenced, you know, it's only relatively recently that we've even – really started letting people peek behind the curtain and, and talk about the process. You know, part of that obviously is on us, just, you know, everything's a little bit secretive. But also, you know, the process has gotten so much better. You know, when you were playing, it, it really wasn't that long ago that, you know, most of these schedules had a lot of pain in them. You know, there were teams that were playing multiple three-game road trips and multiple, you know, Monday night, on the road followed by another Monday, uh, followed by another road game or, you know, eight teams in a league opening two away or 10 closing two away. You know, there was always something and there always is even now something for the coach, general manager, fan base, scouting staff to point out to us and try to take it as constructive criticism instead of, you know, an all out assault. But um, I I think we've gotten to a point where we feel pretty good about delivering maximum value to the television partners, making sure the fans can see the biggest games in the biggest windows every week without really asking our teams to take on too much pain. So I think we're pretty happy with how we're doing it and and happy to give a little peek behind the curtain so that, you know, all the conspiracy theorists out there at at least don't honestly believe that, you know, we get in that room day one, set out to get them because nothing could be further from the truth.
0: And so Michael, we, you have a computer program, essentially, right? And people probably remember this, long-time listeners from about five or six years ago when you first explained it. But you put a bunch of parameters in, right? Like, you don't want to have any buys. I guess this week, I think the fir- this year, the first buys are week six. The last ones are week 14. But you put a whole set of rules in. To try to keep it fair and balanced, you don't want three road games if you can avoid it. You have the five weeks in the middle, and then it spits out a lot. How many did it spit out this year? First of all, do I have that correct? And secondly, yeah. how many more did it spit out this year with the 17th game?
1: Yeah, it's uh, you've got the process correct. Uh, you know, any of us that took you know any math class or optimization class in school, you know, you're familiar with the traveling salesman algorithm. You got 44 houses to hit, and you're trying to sell encyclopedias or vacuums. You know, what's the shortest amount of time? that you can hit all 44 houses and maybe you hit these three right here and then you go really far and hit those and then you come back and hit these other two. Maybe you just go in a circle. Maybe you go in a straight line. There's no one path to get through the entire solution space of the NFL schedule. So we start, like you said, with some rules. Here's a whole bunch of guardrails, a whole bunch of constraints, a whole bunch of guidelines that we're trying to either accommodate or avoid. And you mentioned most of them, you know, the competitive issues that clubs would face, any coach, general manager, fan base looks at, and you know, a three-game road trip or a road after road Monday or too many games where we've got to go on the road and play a team that's coming off their bye week. You know, all the things that everybody would look at and think that's a little unfair. You know, there's always something like that in every schedule. Hopefully we spread it around a little bit so everybody's got, you know, a little bit of the pain. Uh, But you also touched on really arguably the most important rules – Um, which is maximizing value for the fan. Uh, You know, Tom Brady returns to New England this year. That is must-see television, maybe the most anticipated game uh, in a generation. We're not doing our jobs if we put that game on a Sunday afternoon on Fox at 1 o'clock with eight other games going on, and that game's only on television in 22% of the country. So you start with a game like that and you say that one's got to be in prime time. And then you look at game number two and maybe it's Green Bay, Kansas City. And then you look at game number three and maybe it's Cleveland, Kansas City or Buffalo, Kansas City or Dallas, Kansas City or Green Bay, San Francisco or Seattle, Green Bay. And you go through the list of the 272 now and you can actually kind of pick out any fan could the 25 or 30 that, you know, I'm not going to miss this year no matter what. Those 25 or 30 games have to land in national television windows. But in order to accommodate that, you really shouldn't have 14 teams with three-game road trips and 11 teams with road after road Mondays and, you know, 17 teams with uh, week four buys. Whatever it is that the teams are going to hate, you got to try to minimize that while still maximizing the value to the fans and the television partners. So threading that needle, finding that balance, that's the mission statement. The computers are a godsend. We couldn't do it without them. Uh, and the 17th game made an impossible task even harder. Uh, the solution space was already essentially infinite, hundreds and hundreds of trillions of possible schedules and now every game's got yet another possible home, yet another possible five network six time slots, another week that it could land in. So the infinite space grew somehow uh, but we still have to you know meet our mission statement, best games in the best television windows and minimize team pain.
0: So that was one of my questions. Mike is did the 17th game make it easier or harder? In other words, there's more inventory of good games. You can spread it around more or was it harder because there's more permutations?
1: Bit of both. Um, the mathematical answer is, like we said, it made it harder. It, it's impossible. It was impossible to search through the space when it was 256 games over 17 weeks. I'm not sure we saw, you know, one-tenth of 1% of the possible solutions every year. Uh, and now the solution space has grown exponentially. So it made, you know, I always liken this. I think I've said it to you before. You know, we're searching for the best grain of sand on a beach we're not on the beach anymore. We're in the desert. We're in the Sahara desert. It is truly an infinite space. So finding that best grain of sand just got harder. But on the flip side, um, you know, the 17th games, they deliver, excuse me, they deliver a handful of extra high quality inventory. We talk about the rank in the games from one to 272, some of these extra games, some of these free games, if you will, these 17th games for each team's They find their way onto that list, you know, Green Bay, Kansas City, obviously Dallas, New England, Seattle, Pittsburgh, you know, so we've got a few extra really, you know, high quality, compelling matchups, which makes it a little easier for us to satisfy all the mouths we got to feed with all of our television partners. And, uh, you know, I mentioned free agent, those extra 16 games, they came in without a designation, you know, usually the road team determines whether the game belongs to CBS or Fox. And then if you're going to put a game in primetime, you're actually taking that game away From CBS and Fox, so you've got to manage that. Uh, These 16 games came in as free agents. It's all NFC and AFC, but they don't all belong to Fox. So we had a, a little bit of carte blanche with each of those games and trying to figure out, you know, this one to NBC, this one to NFL Network, this one to a Fox doubleheader, this one to a CBS doubleheader. The rest of them spread throughout Sunday afternoon. So the space got larger, but in a twisted way, these extra games actually probably helped us a little bit.
0: So you mentioned earlier uh, when you were listing some of the best games, you mentioned a couple of Packers games. Obviously that's been a big topic of conversation. Aaron Rodgers status as the Packers quarterback is up in the air. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you handle it? Do you try to have more late in the year so that there's a flex on it? How do you handle it when that big of a draw, that important of a player, the MVP, his status is uncertain?
1: Let me start by asking you, what do you think is going to happen?
0: I think he'll probably end up still playing for the Packers.
1: We asked ten experts, and we got ten different answers. Uh, we're hoping you're right. <laughs> um, you know, none of us know for sure, uh, but you know that would, this is a sea change, right? If the MVP leaves one of the premier brands in the league, um, you know, where does he land and? is he playing or is he hosting jeopardy? So, you know, when the news broke, uh, on draft day, we kind of hit pause on the process. Obviously we're pretty far into it. We've been at it since February, you know, first and here we were on April 27th or whatever it was. So pretty deep, uh, into the race. And, uh, it, it would have been a monumental change if he had gotten traded on draft night or if he had come out and told us I'm retiring or whatever, Uh, The fact that none of us know for now and what you said is kind of what many are starting to kind of come around to now after a week or two of buzz. Um, If he's going to play, it's probably going to be in Green Bay. And so, yeah, you look at the schedule and you still see a lot of national television for the Packers. Some of it's masked up a little early. Right. You look at the first four weeks, they come out of the gate with a Fox doubleheader, an ESPN Monday night game, an NBC Sunday night game and a CBS doubleheader. So assuming Rodgers is there. Uh, You know, all the network partners get a little bite of the A-Rod apple right out the gate. Uh, If he's not there, you know, they're never more interesting probably than they are in the first few games. So let's see if the kid can play and let's see about, uh, you know, the rest of the roster and what the impact on, you know, on the team is uh, from his departure. So kind of mass up the national television early. Uh, They've got their Thursday night game kind of right in the middle. Everybody's got one. So theirs just happened to fall in the middle. And then you hinted at it a little bit, you know, when NBC saw their schedule, you know, they certainly weren't volunteering for less Packers games, uh, but seeing two of them in December in flex against division opponents, you know, if there's an issue, we flex out. But, you know, Green Bay, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota in December, whoever the quarterback is, that sounds like games that are going to matter. Uh, I'd be surprised if we had to flex out. But uh, if we did, we've we've got that you know safety net. We've got that wiggle room. Same thing on Sunday afternoons on Fox. You might see a Packers game listed at 425 Eastern in a national window. And if it's not as big as we'd hoped, you can slide it back to 1 o'clock, grab a different 1 o'clock game, slide it to 425. So, yeah, there's some levers we can pull and some trapdoors built into every schedule. And, look, this happens every year, right? The year Aaron broke his collarbone, we were heavily reliant on the Packers there was a huge Packers Steelers game I think it was Thanksgiving weekend we kind of built the whole schedule around that one game and darn it the guy wasn't there so uh these things happen every year like you I think we're all hoping and anticipating and rooting for him to stay in Green Bay but did we blow it all up we didn't were we cognizant of the news we were uh, there's not that many guys that really move the needle that much. I remember when Peyton Manning was going on his free agent tour, we were kind of waiting to see where he was going to land before we really got too far down the road. Uh, when Tom Brady was deciding last year where he was going to play, obviously that was going to change things. This would have changed things a lot, but not knowing what we don't know now, yeah, anybody can look at the schedule and see we're, we're betting on the Packers.
0: So you mentioned Brady and week four back in Foxborough against Belichick. I didn't realize this until a lot of people were pointing out yesterday. It looks like there's a pretty good chance, Mike, that he will break the all time passing yards record in week four. You know, if his average holds or whatever, was that a consideration? Were you guys aware of that?
1: You know, we've done stuff like that before. We tried to time out whether Peyton was going to break a record or Drew Brees was going to break a record. Obviously, the later into the season you get, the harder it is to prognosticate any of these stats. Um, You know, it wasn't so much the record that drove our decision on that as it was, you know, there's an obvious storyline. And the later in the season a game like that goes, maybe the less compelling the storyline becomes. And it's more about the season at hand you play that game in September and, you know, nobody's out of it yet. Hopefully nobody's hurt. Uh, And we're not talking about, you know, fighting for our playoff lives yet. We're talking about, you know, the start to the season. So uh, Howard Katz specifically, he, he drives this whole process. You know, the computers do the work, but uh, the computers only do what we tell them to do. And what we basically tell the computers to do is read Howard's mind. And in Howard's mind, he envisioned that game, kind of early in the season, week four, five, six, somewhere in there. You didn't need it too early, right? You didn't need to do it in week one. Obviously, we couldn't do it in week one with Tampa host and kickoff. But, you know, you still have some great storylines early in the season. You kind of hit that middle stretch before you ramp back up again through Thanksgiving and the run to the playoffs. So, um, you know, week four, five, six felt right to Howard. Uh, not necessarily had to be on Sunday Night Football. We kicked that game around for Sunday afternoon on Fox. We looked at it. Uh, on Monday Night Football, on Thursday Night Football even. Uh, It just felt right in primetime though, kind of having the stage all to itself and and really playing at night gives you the whole day to kind of build to it. So did we lock it in to week four on NBC on day one? We didn't. Were we happy with it landing in week four on NBC? We were. So uh, it it felt like the right spot Um, and it, it should be a a a really great story and and hopefully obviously a really great game as well. Cause the story's over once the game starts, right? Once the whistle blows, now it's, you know, the game. So uh, we could talk about it all day leading up to it, but once the ball goes up in the air, it's a game between two teams with playoff aspirations. And and at that point it should be just another football game.
0: You know, Mike, I guess it sounds like more and more of these stadiums are going to be full, but I don't know if we know that, They are all going to be full. I guess I'm curious. I know, having spoken with you guys in your department before, how important you feel like full stadiums are for television. Was that taken into account at all certain states or certain regions that might be more likely to have full stadiums than others?
1: Yeah, look, none of us know what we don't know about this pandemic. Um, It's still what, four months away before we we really are going to start playing games. But, you know, it it does seem like we're trending in the right direction. It does seem like more and more teams are announcing the expectation of uh, full capacity in our buildings. and, And some of the others... Uh, some of the other events are starting to open up. You know, there's definitely still some concert tours that are planning on going ahead. There's uh, other events that are starting to allow fans back into the stadiums, whether it's baseball games or NASCAR events or golf tournaments. We do seem to be trending in the right direction. Uh, Are we ready to say right now that every stadium is going to be at 100% capacity? Probably not, but certainly hoping for that and built the schedule accordingly. I'll give you a good example. You remember last year, you know, we opened up SoFi and Allegiant Stadium in Los Angeles and Las Vegas with big celebration windows, you know, big national television windows in the first couple of weeks. Sunday night for the Rams, Monday night for the Raiders, Sunday afternoon doubleheader game for the Chargers. Um, and then, of course, the buildings opened and, and they were empty. Still phenomenal facilities, uh, but obviously different without, you know, 80,000 people in them. So uh, we ran that same playbook back. Uh, We are starting the Rams on Sunday Night Football, the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and the Chargers in a doubleheader window on CBS again, uh, with an expectation, with a hope uh, that there's going to be fans in those buildings. So, uh, fingers crossed, uh, rooting for the communities, rooting for our country, uh, but it does seem like we're trending in the right direction and stopping just short of saying 100% guarantee, but hopefully trending in that direction and and really looking forward. You know, you you made a good point about the Tampa-New England game. That game without fans is a a totally different experience. So maybe a little bit later in the season when we all get, you know, a few more people vaccinated and and everybody starts to get a little bit more comfortable being outdoors uh, in a crowd again. uh, Again, maybe a little bit later made some sense for that game. So, you know, the answer to your question is not cocky, but confident, hopeful. One of the
0: biggest complaints I hear about the schedule every year, Mike, I know you do as well. I think I know the answer, but I'm sure you can explain it more eloquently than me. People don't understand when there's nine or ten games or eight at in the one o'clock window and only two or three or whatever in the four o'clock window. A lot of people like to watch whatever the game mix is. Obviously, the red zone channels are hugely popular. Can you explain, Mike, why you don't balance those out more and have it so that there's more games in the late window?
1: Yeah. What do you think the answer is? You said you think you know. What do you think it is?
0: Uh, The answer is you want to have one marquee game in the late window so you get the most eyeballs on that one game so that it's better for the broadcast networks when they're selling the advertising?
1: Yep. You got it. You got it. CBS and Fox, you know, they're going to have six, seven, eight games in a day, but the way their business model works is local, early, national, late. And so the way it's worked for decades and you could make an argument that viewing habits are starting to shift and there's a lot more ways to ingest our game now. We've made it you know, really easy to follow the game sometimes without watching the game, which uh, doesn't always work out well for a television partner. So even more of a reason for them to think about, let's load up the one o'clock window with a lot of local interest. Let's everybody watch our home team uh, in the early window and then let's all get back together again at 425 Eastern time and watch the big game of the day. And again, we talk about, you know, our biggest games. We list the 272 and we could pick out the 20 or 30 best. You can't put them all on Sunday night and Monday night. Some of those games have to go to Sunday afternoon. And again, you put Tampa, New England on Fox at 425 in week four, and then you put three or four other games around it at 425, you're shrinking the footprint for a must-see TV game. Maybe from a rating standpoint, Fox does okay because if you've got Seattle, San Fran and Tennessee Indy in the window with Tampa, New England, then, you know, you're still going to do a good rating in Nashville and Indianapolis and the Bay Area and Seattle. And you can accumulate that viewership number toward your national number for Tampa, New England. But the fans in those markets miss Tampa, New England. So the exercise is really trying to treat that 425 window almost like a primetime window. And the results bear out, right? When we look every year at the most viewed windows, the games that have the most people watching them, it's Sunday afternoon at 425. Well, it's Thanksgiving first. It's Thanksgiving. And, you know, if you get an off-the-charts primetime game, maybe. But, you know, our, our on average, our highest viewed window is the 425 Eastern Time window. And that's where we put our biggest games. And that's where we get the most eyeballs, And then I think I saw a quote yesterday from Sean McManus from CBS. He called the one o'clock window the meat and potatoes of the NFL. That's really where you maintain fanhood. That's where you get the kids watching. That's where, you know, we have the tradition of, hey, it's Sunday. It's one o'clock. Let's get the family together and let's watch a game. We're watching our home team at that point. At 425, then, we're all turning our attention to the big game. So you've got it right. We kind of treat 425 like a primetime window. Maybe not one game standing alone, maybe one more game behind it. But generally speaking, we mass up early and we focus on the big ones late.
0: He is the vice president for broadcast planning scheduling with the NFL. He's been there a long time. He's a good friend of the show, comes on pretty much every year. Last year, for obvious reasons, uh, we took the year off Mike, really appreciate it. Excellent stuff as
1: always. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You know, last year was indeed unique and it was it was odd to put out a schedule and not really be able to talk about it because <laughs> none of us knew. Um it was not, it's really great, honestly, this year. It's really great to be able to build a schedule, hopefully without having to worry about COVID. There's no trapdoors built into this one. Nobody has to go hunting for the weeks without division games or uh, the two weeks where everybody's got one home and one road and it's the league going to throw those in the garbage. Uh, thankfully, we can put all that aside this year, just focus on building the best product and. I hope really, you know, get excited about it over the next four months, return to football, return to normalcy, you know, return to training camp, return to preseason. I know as a player you didn't love preseason, but as a fan, you know, I I felt like we all missed August. You know, I felt like we missed the ramp up period, the runway. And all of a sudden the season started. I was like, holy cow, the games are here. Um, I'm really looking forward to everybody, you know, kind of getting back to normal. And it starts, you know, for me, at least uh, today. It was nice to have all of April kind of focused on the draft. You know, the schedule usually came out that second week in April and almost felt like it got crammed in there before the draft and we were still meeting these kids and doing our mock drafts and now you can have all of april focusing on the draft meet the kids meet the prospects do our mocks see where they land on draft day take a week to do sort of a post-mortem and and give everybody their draft grades and now that we know where everybody is gonna play now we can see when are they gonna play and you get another week to kind of build anticipation for the schedule release and uh I feel like it was pretty well received. I think most of the teams are pretty happy. I know most of the television networks are happy. Uh, the fans are the fans. Uh, I hope they're excited, as excited as we are. And I hope if they feel like they got the short straw, at least they don't think we did it to them on purpose. And, uh, if we, if we did give them the short straw, it's unlikely to happen to them again the same way next year. So, uh, excited for the offseason, uh, excited to put this baby to bed and give it to the world. And we'll see what happens when we get there. Thank you, Michael. Ross, always a pleasure. Good to see you.
0: There he is, Michael North from the NFL. I love that. How about the honest answers on Rodgers and Brady and all that stuff? I love that. I love Raycon wireless earbuds. Brian always has his. My wife has hers. My Go Big recruiting employees wear them when they're making calls. They look great. They feel even better. Come in a range of cool colors. Customizable gel tips included... For a comfortable in-ear fit. I am not a huge earbud guy until I heard about Raycon earbuds. Now those are the ones I use. Listen up, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners, all their products. Here's what you got to do to get it: go to buyraycon.com slash tucker. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, and it's such a good deal. You'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Tucker. com slash Tucker. Hey,
1: Ross, great conversation with Mike North. Any other thoughts or comments on the 2021 NFL schedule?
0: I think they do an outstanding job. Uh, look, it, it, it's a, this is a for-profit business. The number one goal is to have the best ratings to make the most money. That's even a higher priority than the competitive balance, although they do a pretty darn good job with the competitive balance. I've never heard a player or a coach act like that's the reason why their team didn't make the playoffs or whatever. Play the game, win the game, okay? I will say this, though. I've never seen a team have what Atlanta has, Bri. Do you realize they have seven home games and ten away from home? Because with the 17-game schedule, the NFC's away, and they got a game in London. One of their home games is in London. And their opener against the Eagles is at home, which means the last 17 weeks of the season, the Falcons have six home games. That's hard to do, Brian. Ducks takes.
1: All right, moving on. Big day for former Bears tackles. Yesterday's Bobby Massey signed with the Broncos and Charles Leno signed with the Washington football team.
0: It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with the Bears' offensive line. I mean, those guys were their longtime tackles, and they moved on from both of them. Tevin Jenkins will obviously start at one spot. Sounds like left tackle, but it's part of the reason why I asked Matt Nagy that question on Monday about trying to win now or develop because they got rid of their two veteran tackles. Broncos needed a right tackle with Jawan James having that torn Achilles. Vic Fangio knows Bobby Massey and Washington won an upgrade at left tackle. Washington's offensive line is pretty darn good now.
1: Some other notes includes Lions' Penny Sewell testing positive for COVID. Uh, Quarterback Blake Bortles signing with the Packers and the Cardinals letting Jordan Hicks seek a trade after anointing first-round pick Zayvon Collins as their starting middle linebacker.
0: Well, that's a shame for Panay Sewell because they have rookie minicamp this weekend that he can't go to. You know, who knows what happened. Could have just been training. Could have been celebration after he got drafted. Could have been the travel to Detroit. I don't know if he went in or not. Bortles signing with the Packers, they need another option. I mean, they need another option just for OTAs. just for They, they know that Rodgers is not going to show up this spring at all. That seems pretty obvious. So, at a minimum, they want to make sure they have a veteran that really knows the offense that can run with the twos or maybe even the ones. I think twos, probably let Jordan Love run with the ones. But they want a, another guy that knows what he's doing. And Bortles knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense, so that makes sense. Jordan Hicks is still a pretty solid player. We'll see if he can find a trade somewhere. Look, when you take a middle linebacker with the 16th overall pick, they're going to start. And we realize that. It's just funny because coaches all the time preach you got to earn it. Competition, every spot. Nobody's been gi- being given anything uh, except for the Cardinals, who are just giving Zavin Collins middle linebacker spot. By the way, he might stink. I don't think he will. But he might stink. Isaiah Simmons didn't do a whole lot for them last year as the eighth pick in the draft. So we shall see, as they say. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Culture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, some great stuff from Michael North from the NFL Scheduling Department. Please spread the word, whether it's social media or word of mouth, to all your friends and family to check out this episode. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler, or in Indiana, 109.